So Jesus reveals who he is to the apostles, and then he hides himself again, like the eclipse, you know. For a brief moment, he reveals who he is and who Peter will be, the foundation of the church, you know, and then it's over. Um, I was thinking about the, we had the eclipse last um, Monday, seems like an eternity ago, doesn't it? I've got a little bit of eclipse exhaustion. How about the rest of you? Did you all see the eclipse, most of you? Yeah, I, I was amazed. Um, I, it was my, my full day off, so I spent part of the day looking and seeing what other people were doing and their reactions. And one thing is for sure is, as divided as our country has been, we were all united on that one day with that one thing. And I thought that was cool in and of itself. But, but what was really cool is that in this whole continent where this was visible to one degree or another, there was this 60 miles that we were right under. We were, it was a bullseye right over the church here, which I thought was just beyond cool, you know. And in that experience, the most common reaction, as I'm sure most of you have heard if you noticed it, the people would say, it was a spiritual experience. Do you notice that? That was, the, that was the most common refrain that I heard on the news. Not These were not necessarily religious people, but they caught something beyond themselves, something beyond the earth, that the celestial bodies somehow, there's something about the moon being invisible and then suddenly showing up like that, that makes you think about life just for a moment. Is, was that a coincidence that the moon happens to be exactly 400 times smaller than the earth, than the sun, and be just in the right place? We're at just the right time in history that this eclipse happens, you know? And as I said in a previous homily, the corona of the sun, we can't normally see it, yet it's always there. In the same way, we can't see God, but he's always there. But he gives us these moments of awareness when we perhaps can see him. We ask ourselves, what did God say to me in that moment if you were there? I've also, there were two things that struck me. I didn't know what to expect, except I was, I was real excited about it, having always loved astronomy. But... Um, one was that the temperature dropped 10 or 11 degrees in two minutes. That made me realize how very fragile, how very much dependent we are on the sun, just for example. How precious life is that all this put together for our benefit so we can live here uh, on this planet the way it is. That, that struck me, and also the brevity of the thing. I knew it was only two minutes, yet how quickly it passed. Suddenly, we saw the, the diamonds coming out, and it was all over. And then some people had 12 hours on the freeway to get back to Portland. <laughs> Praise God. I, I hiked right over to the house and sat down. <laughs> Best view in the country, right here. Or volcano. Salem got more attention on Monday than it has in the whole history of this state, of the, of the city. And volcanoes was a close second, you know, not without reason. I say that because uh, the other thing that struck me, as I say, was the brevity of the thing. Maybe because I lost my sister a couple weeks ago, another one of them, and it was just the brevity of life, I think. You know, if, if the day is eternity, these two minutes are Earth. Let's expand it to, if we have a year of the sun, which would not be here in Oregon, but if we have a year of the sun, those two minutes are Earth's time. If we have the entire age of the universe, that wouldn't begin to describe eternity, yet we have two minutes on Earth. How quickly, we will say, my mother, when I was young, she said, when you get older, you will say, time is speeding up. I thought she was crazy. Now, why do I think time is speeding up now that I'm this age? 
Yeah, it is, isn't it? There goes that accelerator pedal. But when our time is up and we're with the Lord, we're going to say so soon. How, how quickly that was. And this, we look for the glory of that which is yet to come, which is what the opening prayer said. Jesus, this ties in very well with the gospel today. Peter is given the keys of the kingdom of heaven and thus to the church, but, but it rests on one inside of his. Jesus is walking around Caesarea Philippi. Remember last week he was in Tyre and Sidon. That's outside of Israel. Now he's in a place that's, that's very, it's, it's in Israel, but it's very Roman. It's named for a false god, a Caesar, full of temples to various gods, and Jews didn't like to go there. So Jesus gets his disciples in there to get away from the crowds. And they're looking at all these different temples, and, and Jesus is asking them, well, what false images do they have of me, basically? These are all false gods. What, what images do people have of me? What impression am I making? He's asking a question, probably to test them. Maybe he wants to hear the answer himself, his human side. And when he finishes with that, he catches them by surprise, like the eclipse. And suddenly they're on the hot seat. Their two minutes has come. If you weren't here, it won't come again in our lifetimes. And they had this moment. And who do you say that I am? And suddenly, everything's resting on that, on that one question. And that's, that's what strikes me, is that my life and your lives, we're here to answer a question. And even if we're not religious, a lot of people caught something greater than themselves. That was the Lord speaking to many hearts that won't get in any other way. And uh, he used this vehicle. What did I do with my two minutes on earth? Because everything's going to pass here, and then we're going to have an eternity based on how we used what we had here, which we have to put back in the box. And so Christ gives us the commandments to love God and love our neighbor. And what have I done with my two minutes? Do I recognize the opportunity God is giving me? And we get on the hot seat. Uh, you know, it's easy to talk about, but gosh, you know, uh, if I were caught in that traffic jam, I was looking at Google Maps throughout the day to see how the traffic going to Portland, it was solid red, all the way to Eugene, Springfield, all the way up to the coast, all the way over to Redmond. I thought, I just said, praise God, I'm not in that traffic. But what if you've been there for six hours? And suddenly the Lord appears to you and say, who do you say that I am? <laughs> say, Lord, don't listen because I'm getting kind of mad here. I was telling somebody after Mass, I was making a right turn, and it was literally a four-minute light. No traffic in sight. The person never heard a right turn on red. Yeah, it was one of you, I'm sure. <laughs> you all look guilty. But I was sitting there getting really mad, and I, then I thought, well, this is the point where I have to ask myself, who is the Lord for me? Is he still in control of my life? Or am I going to take it back now that I'm frustrated? Because I, I get... This may come as a surprise to you, but I get easily frustrated. And uh, so the Lord puts me in those kind of situations. But on a more serious note, when I'm sick or my sister dies, for example, I, I heard about that five minutes before the Saturday Night Mass a couple weeks ago, and I didn't like the Lord's timing very much. I told him that. And I don't know if I said this before. And uh, I, right before Mass, I said, Lord, I don't like your timing very much on this. Uh, I still love you, but I have some questions about this. And he said, well, come on up and I'll explain it to you. <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm not, I'll, I'll wait on that offer. Thank you very much. 
I, I had that imaginary conversation and it, it got me through the mass, you know, uh, I had a hard time with that. But, but when that happens, we ask ourselves, who do I say the Lord is? Is he still my Lord when he doesn't do what I ask right away, when things don't go right, when something doesn't go right for many, many years? Because God is still God. And he will test us like he tested the apostles. That's why these readings were so very valuable for us in our own lives. We won't see it coming. We saw the eclipse coming, but none of us really knew what it would be like. And in the same way, God will periodically put us on the hot seat. But look what's writing on it. Peter gets it right, but then the next scene, a few chapters later, he's in the high priest's courtyard, and she says, surely you're one of them. And he says, I don't even know this man. He means nothing to me. Same guy. Then later, Jesus is questioning him, and Peter says, finally, you know that I love you, Lord. That's the way we are. We go, both, we go on both sides in life. First we say yes, then we say no. That's, that's, that's being a human being. But we know we're always forgiven when we blow it. So we ask the Lord to help us recognize those places and those moments in life when he asks us the question, who do you say that I am?